Good morning, New Beginnings. This is Reverend Sappington. I pray everyone is doing well and had a blessed week. Giving all glory, honor, and praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank God for this opportunity to come before you once again, to speak a word into your life, to encourage you, and to lift you up. I thank Pastor and First Lady Cooper for allowing me to bring the word of God to the people of God this morning. Let us go before the throne of grace in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, your word tells us, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, as we come before your throne, we come to say thank you for another day that was not promised to us. We thank you for this day that you have blessed us to see. We, your children, come this morning to seek your face in our time of need. Father, we ask that you would lift up and encourage each and every member of New Beginnings through your word this morning. As the word of God is going forth, I pray, Father God, that I will decrease, that you will increase, Father God, that you will speak to your people this morning. Father God, that you will give them the words that you want them to hear in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for giving your people your word this morning. I pray that as we reflect on this word, that the word of God will show us where we have fallen short of your glory. And Father God, that it will lead us into true repentance. And that as believers in Christ, we will gain a better understanding of the word of God. Father, and that we will apply the word of God to our hearts, that we might not sin against you. We thank you for each and every blessing that you have provided for us this day. For the word of God says that your mercies are new each and every morning. We thank you for being merciful towards us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, I um, please turn with me to the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. And then we're going to drop down to verse 29 and 30. Leviticus 16, 1 through 13, and then 29 through 30. And it reads as thus. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two of Aaron's sons, when they approached the presence of the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he may not come whenever he wants to whenever he wants into the holy place behind the curtain in front of the mercy seat on the ark or else he will die because I appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Aaron is to enter the most holy place in this way with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to wear a holy linen tunic and linen undergarments are to be on his body. He is to tie a linen sash around him and wrap his head with a linen turban. These are holy garments. He must bathe his body with water before he wears them. He is to take from the Israelite community two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron will present the bull for his sin offering and make atonement for himself and his household. Next, he will take the two goats and place them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. After Aaron 
cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for an uninhabitable place. He is to present the goat chosen by lot for the Lord and sacrifice it as a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot for an uninhabitable place is to be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement with it by sending it into the wilderness for an uninhabitable place. When Aaron presents the bull for his sin offering and makes atonement for himself and his household, he will slaughter the bull for his sin offering. Then he is to take a fire pan full of blazing coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and bring them inside the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord so that the so that the cloud of incense covers the mercy seat that is over the testimony or else he will die. Verse 29 and 30. This is to be a permanent statute for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you are to practice self-denial and do no work, both the native and the alien who resides among you. Atonement will be made for you on this day to cleanse you, and you will be clean from all your sins before the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Today, I want to talk to you about the Day of Atonement. Why is that day so important for us as Christians? Because that's what Aaron and the children of Israel did was pointing towards the day that Jesus would come to set each and every one of us free from sin, from shame, and from the consequences of our sin. The Day of Atonement points directly to the Messiah Jesus and his death on the cross to atone for people's sins. God instituted it in Leviticus 16, 1 through 34. That day of atonement is also known as Yom Kippur. It is the most holy, solemn day on the Jewish calendar occurring annually on the 10th day of the seventh month in the Hebrew calendar. It's the Hebrew month Tishri, which on our calendar would be September, October. God made it clear that the Day of Atonement was the only day anyone, specifically the high priest, could enter the portion of the temple or tabernacle known as the Most Holy Place or the Holies of Holies. The penalty for entering this area wrongly was death. So that which I read just meant that Aaron couldn't come into God's presence any kind of way. Aaron had to do it God's way. He had to bathe his body. He had to put on the the linen garments. He had to wrap his head up. Hallelujah. And he had to come in. Not only did, did those garments have bells on the bottom of them, but they had to wrap a rope around his foot. So if he went in there and he was not right with God, Aaron would fall down dead. If they did not hear those bells tinkling, then they knew they had to pull him out because they could not go in and get him. So when that's just like with us, you cannot go into God's presence any kind of way. You must go into God's presence with praise and worship. You must be clean. 
If you want God to hear your prayers, you got you have got to confess your sins. This day of atonement was just a one year yearly thing. The day of atonement for us today is an everyday thing. Every minute, every hour, every day thing. We have to confess our sins, even if we don't know that we've sinned. The day of atonement was the day that they took the goats and the bull. Aaron had to uh, kill the bull for him and for his family. He had to confess their sins first. He had to make sure he was right with God so that when he went behind the veil, he wouldn't die. You know, I always say God meant what he said and said what he meant. And he was not playing and he's still not playing. Granted, today we may not fall down dead physically, but guess what? If you just go into God any old kind of way, God's not going to hear you. It's going to hit the ceiling and go nowhere. So we must do it the way God ordained it to be done. We have to come into his presence with praise and worship, with the song on our heart. With the praise on our lips. We cannot. We must not come to God any kind of way. Because even though we are not going into the Holy of Holies where the the veil was. We now have access to God. Through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can just go into God's presence and confess each and every one of our sins. We confess our sins and then we go and we can, we ask God for what we want for the people of the world. But we must, we must go before God clean, just like the priest had to do. Just like the priest, he may have died, but God won't hear you if you come to him just any kind of way. Amen. So before Aaron could enter that tabernacle, he had to bathe. He had to put on special garments. Then he had to sacrifice a bull for a sin offering for himself and his family. The blood of the bull was to be sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. Then, and after he he confessed the sins of him and his family, and only then, Was he able to bring those two goats? One to be sacrificed because of the uncleanness and the rebellion of the Israelites for whatever their sins would have been. Its blood was sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat. The other goat was used as a scapegoat. Aaron would place his hands on its head. He would confess this um the sins and rebellion and wickedness of the Israelites, then that goat would be sent out with someone that had been appointed to take it into the, to release it into the wilderness. That goat carried all of the sins of the Israelites on himself for that year. And they were forgiven them, but it was had to be done on a yearly basis. What does this mean for us today? It means that God came. He sent his son to come down. 
so that we would have access to him once again. Recently, I just learned something that I never knew and it blew me away. And I want to tell you about it. Michael Heiser in The Supernatural, he wrote a book called The Unseen Realm. So my sister for years have been trying to get me to watch him. What I learned was this. I always thought that we were just created to worship and to praise God. But that's not the only reason. The reason we were actually created was because God in heaven above, who has a council, who has the angels and his son and the Holy Spirit, they're all his family. We were created to be a part of God's family. God wanted to make man to be a part of his family. I learned this the other day, Thursday, as a matter of fact, that God, the reason God is working so hard to get us back to the way he wanted things done was because he does not want us to perish. God wants us to be a part of his, his heavenly, his, uh, heavenly family. Think about that. You were not just created to, to worship God, but you were created to be a part of something wonderful. We were created to be a part of one who sits high and looks low. One who is so majestic and so beautiful, so loving. He wanted us to be a part of his family. Even though sin came into the world, God was willing to allow that sin just so we could be a part of his family. Family at New Beginnings. Think about it. Think about it. God Almighty. God Almighty created mankind to be a part of his heavenly family. That just blew me away when he said that. Look at it this way. God, hallelujah, when he sent his son, he sent his son to reverse what was done at Eden. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God sent Jesus to reverse, to undo to restore, hallelujah, to renew, hallelujah, what was done in Eden. Because there is no plan B. There was always just a plan A. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It was never God's intention to start over. God knew before the beginning of the earth, before he created the earth, that man was going to sin. He knew it. He never made a plan B. Oh, well, if this doesn't work, I'll start over. No, even though God knew that we were going to suffer, that we were going to have difficulties, that there were going to be trials and tribulations, that we were going to struggle. God allowed it 
Because in our struggles, we're going to grow. In our struggles, we're going to either run to God or we're going to move away from God. He, he allowed it. Think about that. God could have started over. We would never have known anything about it. But God allowed it. Because he wanted us to be a part of his heavenly family. How does that make you feel to know that God wanted you? Wanted I, wanted you and I, wanted mankind, wanted this earth to be a part of his heavenly family. Am I excited? Yes. Yes. Because that lets me know. One thing that God loves, God really and truly loves you just that much. When he said that he loved you with an everlasting love, all that means is God loved you before he created you. You were in his thoughts. He loved you, saints of God. He loved you, believers, enough. That he didn't want to start over. He allows these things to come into this earth. He allowed it just so he could, just so we could be in his family. He allowed his son to go to the cross to reverse everything that was done in Eden. Eden was what Eden represented what God did in heaven. What those things that's going on in heaven, God Re, rep, God redid it down here on earth. That's mind blowing. That God, almighty God, wanted us to be a part of his family. So you see, you were not just created to worship God. But you were created to love God, to spend time with God. To be a part of his family. When the family unit was broken in heaven. Because of sin that came into heaven. The family unit on earth became broken. The family unit on earth became broken. So in order for God to set everything back right. The way he intended it. Plan A was simply to send his son. Simply to send his son. So that man would be reconciled back to God. So that mankind would know the love of the father. Hallelujah. And know and want to come. And be with God. But that was their choice. That's a choice that we have to make. That's a choice that God wants us to make. He's doing the work in us. Yes, he's running after us. Yes, he is trying to woo us back to him. John 3.16 says that he does not want anyone to perish. God doesn't want any of us to perish, but he wants us to live in eternity with him. Hallelujah. Let that soak into your spirit. Hallelujah. 
Let that soak into your mind. Let it get into your heart. That almighty God does not want none of us, none, not one to perish, but he wants us to be a part of his family. He wants us to live with him in eternity. He's given us that choice. And that's a choice that we have to make. We can accept him or we can reject him. Am I still talking about the day of atonement? Yes, I am. All of this has to do with the day of atonement. The reason why your Lord and your Savior, my Lord and my Savior came down here to this earth. Hallelujah. Was to set things right for his father. Because not only does the father love you, but the son loves you as well. We are his siblings. We are, hallelujah, Jesus. We are his siblings. We are his brothers and his sisters. And if you have brothers and sisters, you do not want them to be lost. So that means you're going to go to your siblings and you are going to tell them about the father that you serve because you want them to be with you in heaven. So why do you think Jesus came here? To tell his brothers, to tell his sisters, hallelujah, about the God that he knows and that we know nothing about. Hallelujah. Because before we had this word, we became separated from God because of sin. So Jesus, hallelujah, came down here to tell us about our father. To let us know, hallelujah, how much the father wants us to live in eternity with us. With him, how much his father loves us. Hallelujah. He wants us to know about the father. Hallelujah. So that we can make that decision that we will serve God with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with all of our spirit, with all of our souls. Hallelujah. He didn't just come down here just because, but he came for a reason. Everything Jesus did, hallelujah, was for a reason, hallelujah. He came, hallelujah, to let us know, hallelujah, that God loves us and he wants us in his family, hallelujah. Everything that we do, hallelujah, cannot turn God away from us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Children of God, hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. Thank you, Lord. God created man to be a part of his heavenly family. That right there ought to make you want to shout. It ought to make you want to praise and to worship God. It ought to make you want to fall down on your knees and to confess your sins before God. Children, children, children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God loves each and every one of you so very much that he would send his only begotten son. To reverse, to restore, 
to reconcile, to renew, to change back to the way it should have been in the first place, the way God intended for it to be. To put things back in order so that God, our heavenly father, can once again, hallelujah, come down and dwell with man on earth. And how does he dwell with us? He dwells within our bodies. That's why we can't put any and everything in our bodies because it is the very temple where God lives. It's not just Jesus living within us, but it's God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And they come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Why do you think Jesus, why do you think God is working so hard to get you to understand to get you to come back to him because he does not want you to perish. His son hung on that cross. He bled, he died. And when Jesus, before Jesus died, he said, it is finished. He, he didn't just say it, he yelled, it is finished. What did he mean by it is finished? He was saying to the father, I have done all that you have sent me to do. Now it's done. It's reversed. It's brought back the way that you wanted it to be. Hallelujah. I've reconciled your people back to you. The, the veil when he said it is finished it was torn from top to bottom. Now God, Jesus Christ has given man back access God has access back to you. That's why the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. That veil that was between God and the mercy seat is no longer there, children of God. That veil, hallelujah, has been torn down. You don't need to go to a Catholic priest to, to tell him to confess your sins. Now you can go to God for yourself. You don't need to go and kill a bull or a goat to have to, for your sins to be uh, done away with for a year. When Jesus died, it's permanent. Hallelujah. It was done permanently. Now you have access to the Father. Hallelujah. 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 Each and every one of us has access to the Father. We don't need to go to a man to confess. Now we can go for ourselves. Hallelujah. The day of atonement. The day of atonement is not just once a year. Even though that's what the Jews, even though the Jews celebrated once a year, the day of atonement, hallelujah, for you and I is every single day. Every day. We can go before the throne, hallelujah, and confess our sins. We can go before the throne when we got problems. We don't need to go to anybody. We can now go to God for ourselves, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus made it so now man has access. 
Man has been set free. Man can now go to God for himself. He renewed it. He turned it around. He gave God back what God asked. And that is, hallelujah, to have the world the way he had planned it at Eden. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. But it's what God wanted. So if there's any sin in your life, you can now go to the Father and repent. Hallelujah. Don't allow anything. Now that you know why, truly, truly why, you have been created to be a part of God's heavenly family. Don't allow anything, anything or anybody to separate you, to keep you from God's presence, to keep you from God's presence. You know, nothing, the book of Romans chapter five, I believe it is, says that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. There's nothing that can separate you from God. Not death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from God. You know, all of this, all that God did, every single thing that God did, from Genesis to Revelation, Revelation is because God wanted The people of God, the man, he wanted mankind to know this, that God loves us. He loves us just that much that he would allow all of this to happen just because he wanted us to be a part of his family and because he wants He delights in dwelling with man. He delights in blessing you. Whether it's big or small, be thankful. Be thankful for all of your blessings. Be thankful because nothing, nothing can separate you from the Father. All that means is this. God loves you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. 